Hello there. You alright, mate? Yeah, not too bad. You? Yeah, man, I'm alright. Busy this week, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, but also, along with us introducing the sixth ninja, uh, you've all heard him before, it's Mr. Derek Ritchie. Evening all, or possibly morning. <laughs> Depends what time they're listening to here, the power of edit. Um, yeah, it feels that it wasn't that long ago we were introducing Terry as the new ninja, but yeah, now, we're, now you get to introduce, you're not the newbie anymore, mate, how's that make you feel? Uh, I just, I like, I've obviously well, managed to just sneak in here as well, but no, it feels good to be part of the team, I'm looking forward to it, so. Unfortunately though, Derek, you are the newbie, and it was Terry I was asking how does it feel not to be the newbie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gave that satisfying sigh of, ah, yeah. I've actually made it, so no, I don't, I don't feel like I have to be pants or anything like that, or. And um, was it was it too harrowing on you, Derek, when we we put you through the the hazing ceremony that we do? Well, I think I've just about recovered, but I don't know where my clothes have gone. How's your ass? <laughs> I, I, I quite frankly I'm surprised I've still got one but hey <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah we brought t- uh, Derek on you're pretty good on the last episode uh, I I thought so well no one's complained so I take that as a good no. sign yeah we've got some good feedback and say it was a good idea to get on another voice that and you know I think Will you need to acknowledge the fact that there's just so much Xbox biased on this show that I need some support on the PS side of things, so to have Derek along and and to have someone representing the PlayStation 4 as well is, is that's fine. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that about bias. That's a good segue into uh, what we've been playing this week, and I'm going to talk about what I've been playing first. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going first. Um, I've got fine. a lot. I've not been playing a PlayStation 4, I'll be honest, but uh, as anyone will remember, in the last episode I mentioned that I'd played The Last of Us. I'd, I've got a borrowed PlayStation 3 right now, so I've been playing a few games on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't have to dive into it this time. So I have played both Uncharted games. I'll, t- I'll start with that. Okay. Um, yeah, so both Uncharted games back-to-back. I was kind of told that was an unwise thing to do, but I couldn't help myself after play- playing the second one. I had to d- dive straight into the third. And I am... I can now consider myself a fan of the series. Uh, you guys have both played it, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I'm the one that told you not to play the second one after the... Th- uh, sorry, not to play the third one after the second, actually. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, I thought you so. Were. I remember the conversation. Yeah. I, as I said, I just couldn't help myself. Uh, I loved the second game so much. It has its problems, though, I will say. Uh, it's the same issues that I had with uh, The Last of Us around the shooting, but I know a lot of people have talked about that until they're blue in the face, about how the the shooting can be quite dodgy in those games. Mm-hmm. The only difference is it didn't annoy me half as much as it does in The the Last of Us, and the reason is there's so much ammo in Uncharted that it doesn't matter if you miss. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Yeah. I just found you just... I, I think it gets a bit un, uh, a bit frustrating, the fact that you, considering you can only carry a pistol and um, like a proper gun, but the ammo capacity for both of those is so small, uh, but yeah, there's, you're constantly, I, I found what I was doing, it's something I don't tend to do in games, I tend to stick to a gun and like it and keep going with it, but you can't do that on Uncharted, so I, I don't know, I quite enjoyed the fact that I was just constantly going, right, I've got this gun, rolling about, picking up someone's gun that I've done, getting a couple of kills with a shotgun, picking up an assault rifle, doing that, but I thought it was very fun. Uh, you, you, uh, 
Derek, you said that you felt there was a bit of a decline between the two games. I, I, is that right? Well, I think the second one is where they get the relationship right between both the spectacle and the gameplay. And the third one, they, for some reason, introduced arenas of combat with long-range, short-range, and medium-range enemies. But instead of giving them to you in phases, they just tend to throw them all in at once, which basically meant while you're trying to fight off a sniper, you also had the man with a shotgun basically in your face every single time. And that just got really annoying for me. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. There was a few times in particular... um, I can't remember the particular bit in the level, but there was a bit where there was a little bridge I had to get, and I was kind of taking cover at the end of the bridge, and I must have fought in this checkpoint about 15 times. Uh, there, was, there was two snipers at the end of the bridge. The checkpoint would always start with this guy with the riot shield hmm. being like five paces away from me, so I would have to very quickly react to him while you're constantly being sniped and stuff. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from with it. I didn't think it took away from the game, though. I think it felt a bit more, I would say realistic, but it's not realistic, is it? One guy taking on like, full armies no. of people. But it just it feels like that's what people would do. That's, that's like, proper tactics. You would have like long range and short range and stuff like that. And it just, it, yeah, it made it a bit a bit more challenging, but I got through it, no problem. And I'm, I, de- I played the second one on on the normal difficulty. Yeah, uh, but I think I think the first one I played on the easy difficulty, so that could probably have a lot to do with it. Because I thought I'm just going to breeze through this, but I think I decided I was in I, I was in for the duration with the second one, so I was like, I'll I'll put it up and play it the way I would normally play games. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I thought I thought it was fun. So I think it's got one of the catchiest soundtracks I've ever heard in a game. Yeah. So do you have one that you kind of like more than out of the trilogy that you've now played? Is there one that you would gravitate towards more than the others? I would definitely say I'm, I'm on the bandwagon of liking three better than better than two. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's a popular opinion because I have it isn't something I followed a lot. I definitely don't like the first one. Uh, I can see how the jump between one and two was a big leap. See, because uh, I I did not enjoy the combat at all in that. I just it just frustrated the hell out of me. I still find the first one quite charming. I replayed it again last year, and I despite the very basic nature of it now when you look back, both in terms of the spectacle they created and the general combat etiquette that they put up there, which was, you know, pretty straightforward. But I kind of find it quite charming still in the way that it's a very self-contained... It's not as grand as the other two, but I don't think it necessarily suffers from that. No. I think it's the grandness that I like. In fact, probably in terms of story, there's a lot about the second one I liked better. Because the second, the third one, you can see they're definitely going for this big. It's, it's become a big thing now. Uh, we've got loads of established characters and stuff, but I feel as if the second one you could jump on, no problem, if you, even if you hadn't played the first one. Mm. But I think by the time you play the third one, there's so many characters introduced, and it already assumes that you know everything that's going on. Do you know what I mean? So, but as I say, I like all three of them. I think they feel like more than Tomb Raider. They feel like you're getting to play an Indiana Jones game. Yeah. For what yeah. it's worth. And I love those films, you know, apart, apart from the Crystal Skull, but we won't talk about that right now. Wow. <laughs> but wow. yeah, I, as I say, I like those films. I like the whole mixture of um, like the combat sections. I like the, uh, as I say, it was all the, the proper globe trotting 
feeling to the to the games, you know what I mean? It did everything short of like the little dotted map whenever you were heading <laughs> somewhere. That's that's what I just kept imagining every time. But yeah, I enjoyed them and I liked the characters, I have to say. I was totally dragged in by it. And I think I can spoil Uncharted at this point because most people's played the third one by this time. But you know the bit where you kind of think one of the main characters is dead in the last game? Hmm. Yeah, yes, you know yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yep. Yeah, that bit got me, man. <laughs> oh. I wasn't happy with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely two thumbs up for both of those games. Really, really happy. I went back, to, uh, I, went, I went onto the, the PlayStation game. And the only thing now is. There's no, uh, uh, have they announced the fourth one, or is it just... No, it's they announced. Put the it's teaser about. Yeah, so it's, it's being teased, it's being spoken about, and it's now going to be one of those things where when it comes out, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to play it, but it's not worth buying an entire system for. Do you know what I mean? So I might be showing up at someone's door. Um, but here, the question is, and the question for both of you in a way is, do you just want the same again? We've had three games where they've basically done the same thing, and already they've done it to a very high standard for the most part, but... Is it not time to maybe look at doing something a little bit different? I'd be happy with it. The same type of theme um, gives us a bit of, um, you know, gives us some supernatural towards the end that, that gets Scooby-Doo, like, debunked, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Give us all that kind of stuff. And just update the combat a wee bit, upgrade, update everything. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that Naughty Dog have shown the chops and, and they know what they're doing with their action games and I would like to see the continuing adventures of Nathan Drake, even if it's just to kind of shove some new supporting characters. I mean, they did that whole thing in the third one where they very, very briefly alluded to his past mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. the third one and never kind of did anything with it. Um, so I'd kind of like to find out some more about that, even though then you'd be going into your young adventures would of Indiana you? Jones mode. Yeah, but, that's uh, what I was going to say. Would you be up for that then? Would you I do a game that was just like, maybe Teenage Drake? That might not be a bad idea though Because I, I, personally for me As much as I like the idea of them doing more Uncharted I don't know where they can take it That isn't just going to start repeating the same ground Which makes me fear they could go into a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a, a, One of the directions that we see many series going in Where people will just get to it and go It's just the same Again, looks I, nice, yeah, so I, I can tell what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, you think about how many games, series do that, and everyone's still kind of, you know, for, for me, looking oh, at yeah. the outside in, Halo does the exact same thing. You know, it's the and exact I'm same game. For the next Halo game, so it's not that's not putting me off that series at all. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's just one of those things, but it's it is each their own. But uh, I it's think, about progression, and as long yeah. as they're doing something with it, as long as they're up, updating it. Uh, and I don't just mean graphically, as long as they're doing something new in the next game, you're probably right. The, the second and third one felt very much like, I, I, I felt, especially playing them back to back, they felt like the same game. But very much like they, there wasn't much of a difference between them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to see a bigger leap in the next one. But obviously it's next gen, they've had plenty of time between them that it, it should there's, there's, there's no excuse for it not to be a big leap on the next game, is there? Yeah. No. I think it's just a thing of if they start to introduce... It doesn't have to be a wholesale change, but... It's just a little thing that makes you think that they've maybe decided to look at something in a different direction would be quite nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's Uncharted. The next thing I'm going to talk about is 
Beyond Two Souls. Uh, anyone had a go on this? I have no. played it and finished it, yes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll get that out of the way straight away. I, I'm a big fan of the David Cage games, and look, I, I remember when Fahrenheit came out and I sat up. Like, I, I started playing it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was playing it until 4 o'clock in the morning non stop and finished it in one go because I just couldn't put it down. Uh, Heavy Rain's kind of the same. I think I played Heavy Rain in two sessions because I just loved it so much, I just, I just flung myself at it. Sorry, you can hear my Xbox is on in the background. <laughs> This is highly professional. Did you just unlock an achievement for talking about Beyond Two Souls or something there? <laughs> achievement unlocked, you treacherous bastard. <laughs> if you could hear that in the background, that's it off now. <laughs> right. Yeah, what was I saying? Beyond Two Souls, apparently you liked it quite a lot. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, I flung myself at that, I was about to talk about uh, Heavy Rain, the same. I got Heavy Rain and... I think I finished that in two sessions because uh, I've just flung myself at it. Mm. And this is no exception. This one's longer, I felt, than uh, Heavy Rain and Fahrenheit, but I think it took me about three and a half sessions to get through it, to be honest. But I I loved it for the most part. Now, Derek, you don't have the exact same opinion as me, do you? It's weird. I like all the sections that are quite tightly character-focused. It's when it gets... To be fair, it's just when it gets to the end and it goes what I class as George Lucas supernatural nonsense. Um, that's when it starts to lose me a little bit. I think there's a 75% of a very good game there and there's a 25% of an ending where I just go, you've not really explained anything, you've just given me an ending. Yeah. Can, can I see where you're coming from with that? I would definitely say this game is more so than... Uh, heavy Rain, definitely. This is a bit more gamey than okay. it. And by that, I just mean there's a couple of gameplay sections in it which I'm really surprised for, because as I said in the a little console ninjas chat, I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, signed up to watch, I signed up to watch some interactive cutscenes. Um, but yeah, if, if you remember rightly, there's a bit where uh, early in the game, because the game kind of jumps about the place, I should start by saying that. It kind of starts at the end, and she's given a little kind of monologue at the start, and then she's like, oh, I, I should start at the beginning, and then it goes back to earlier on in her life, and she, she's not being entirely truthful there either, because it kind of jumps about back and forward, and a few of the, the, the later on scenes actually happen before, which she considers to be the start of the story as well, so I don't know where she was coming from with that, but at one point quite early on, it shows you when she's like, kind of older and working for the uh, training with the CIA, and she's doing like a little stealth section where you have to get past the guards, and um, I suppose I should say, I think everyone listening will know it's like she's got this ghost linked to her, yeah. or entity, sorry, as yeah. they call it, uh, Iden, the entity, and you're doing this little stealth section where you have to get to the little flag in the, at the end of the hall, there's guys kind of wandering about looking for you, and you have to use Iden, the the friendly ghost to sneak up on them and, <laughs> and, 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 and like bang it you have to like bang on like an oil drum or knock over a can or switch on a radio and stuff to get their attention so they're not looking and you can sneak up and choke them to death although it's not to death because it's just a training simulator but and he's supposed to be friendly? Say, well yeah we'll get into that in a minute as well um, but that that was quite gamey even though it's just a case of looking at the next cover and picking the right time to hold the X button so that she'll run to it 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I thought that was going to be the end of it, but there is a, a mission aptly called The Mission later on, where she actually goes on a mission for the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, what does she go on? I don't think I caught that. She goes on an assignment <laughs> for the CIA um, to, to, to snuff out some like terrorist leader or whatever, as she's told, and you have to use what you, what you learned in the training. And that bit felt a bit gamey, but I don't know about you, Derek, but I didn't fail once in that section. Yeah, you can't. It's, the game's not really uh, set up for I you to... I was wondering what would happen. I take it if you do, you end up in a combat section that you also can't fail. Probably. I mean, the thing is, for the most part, David Cage games are... The best bits to talk about them are all the bits that you make the choices in. And it's, we probably don't have time today, but it'd be at some point if no, we sat down and because it's all those individual little tiny moments that you make a choice. That's the interesting little nitty gritty to get into. It doesn't it's, essentially it doesn't really affect the end of the game, but it's just how yeah, the scene plays yeah, I don't out. No, but that there, is, there, there, there will be some kind of uh, effect. Maybe not on the actual end cutscene, but definitely towards the end of the game. Hmm, maybe for some of them. Um, but the other gameplay gamey sections was I got to drive things. <laughs> Never had to do that in a David Cage game. Um, there, there was a section where I got to drive a bike. Although I loosely say you get to drive a bike, I just mean you get to choo- choose what lane it's in. Um, do, do you remember that section, Derek? Uh, I, I, yeah, I do. In fact, if you were at the Eurogamer Expo, I'm pretty sure that was a bit one of the bits that was demoed during that. Ex- yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Did you ever try and pull? Pull to the left or pull to the right to see what would happen? No, I was just too busy. Uh, to be fair, I was actually too busy looking at that thing going, bloody hell, it looks amazing. I'll give it, give the PlayStation 3 some chops. Oh, yeah, it's a very good looking game. Yeah. Um, but what I did was, I, I'm a bit of a sadist in games, and I did, I tried to pull all the way to the left to see if I would drive her off the road and tell her, just go. <laughs> she, just, she, she just goes to the next lane and then stops at the line at the edge of the road. Nothing ever comes towards you that you need to dodge, so. I really felt that could have just been a cutscene. Why, why am I controlling the bike when you can't actually do anything wrong with it? But, uh, and it was the same with the submarine later and the horse that you get to go. But um, yeah, as you say, the the graphics were lovely, especially the kind of. Obviously, you've got uh, Ellen Page playing Jody in it, and you've got Willem Dafoe yeah. playing playing Doctor Dorcas. <laughs> To be fair, that, <laughs> as, as much as Willem Dafoe was a very... I mean, it's an exact likeness of him. He reminds you how really scary that man can look sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, especially there's a couple of shouty bits where I'm in it, and I just kept expecting him to go full Green Goblin mode. Factor <laughs> formula! Now that I would play. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the thing, the parts I was interested in was the... The kind of the relationship between Aiden and Jodie, Aiden the, en- the friendly entity, and Jodie, uh, especially there's like certain sections. But one bit of all spoil was uh, there was a pa- there's a party you get to go to where you get to the whole point where she's acting a bit weird because she's not used to being around normal kids and stuff, and they all start kind of picking on her and they lock her in a cupboard. And at which point you get to control Aiden and free her from the cupboard in his kind of ghostly way. And you then get the option, do you leave the party or do you go and get revenge? Can I take a, um, can I take a little bet on which one you decide to do? Revenge, motherfucker. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as I say, that gets a bit sinister. And it's at that point I was kind of like, oh, this thing is nice, but probably only nice to Jody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can you go into any more details? Because I'm intrigued. Uh, it was really just a case of going about the room and flinging things about to give them a fright. Okay. But they had the security system on, so they're all locked in the room. But then it starts to escalate into the things that you're knocking. You're actually flinging at them to the point where you're like, flinging full couches and stuff at them. <laughs> and they're, they're going flying across the room and whatnot. Uh, there's also another section, and I think we all, this was in the demo was uh, at Eurogamer, was the part where she's having to read the cards. Yes. The person's picking in the other room. Yeah, it was. And... So, yeah, you get the little section where you're looking at the cards. There's a woman sitting in the other room, and they're asking you to see what card she's picking and, and select it. So you then switch to Aiden, go through to the next room, take a look at what she's seeing, and Jodie will then pick the correct card. Fair enough. I, I didn't choose any of the wrong ones. I'd like to see what would have happened if I'd picked the wrong card, uh, as if Aiden's been a complete cunt and <laughs> <laughs> just telling all the wrong stuff just for shits and giggles. <coughs> but... After that, once they get fed up with you picking cards, they then ask you to get Aiden to affect something in the room. So this is as simple as there's like a little water bottle on, de- on the woman's desk and like a little lamp. And you get to knock over the water, water bottle, at which point she starts kind of like, huh, what's going on here? And then you can affect the lamp and it starts flashing, at which point she starts freaking out. Now I can hear people talking in the background, but at this point loads of little... Uh, white dots, or little blue dots, sorry, start showing up about the room, which indicate things that Aiden can affect. Mm-hmm. It then starts to get a little bit more sinister, because you start like, smashing windows and throwing things across the room, at which point the woman starts like properly screaming, and she's just like, <laughs> petrified in the corner. But I didn't notice, and the people are, it's actually Jodie and all the scientists actually shouting at you to stop. And I just like the idea that, it's, it's in typical David Cage form, where you can play both sides, um, where you can play Aiden properly the way that she wants him to be played, but it's just the fact that you can be a proper dick when you control Aiden, and I like that, and I, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Can I ask you, d- does it affect the story much if you do choose to be a dick as Aiden and, and kind of deviate away from what you're supposed to? Does it change it that much? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think it's just a a good way of looking at what Aiden's capable of quite early in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he, he becomes quite... It's not sinister, but he definitely becomes quite lethal later on in the game because you start using him to kill people. Right, okay. Probably, yeah. like you, can, you can use him to close people's windpipes. Wow. Uh, and then you can also... Certain people can be uh, possessed, at which point you possess someone in, the group, in, a, in amongst a group of guards get him to shoot three of his mates and then shoot himself in the head. Yeah, bloody hell. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it becomes quite lethal. Uh, whether he's dangerous towards... Like, that That's all debatable, and I'm not going to go into that because that's probably mm-hmm. going to be a big part of playing the game is discovering what Aiden's all about. Sure. But, yeah, for, for my part, I like to... Anyone who doesn't like story-based games, they probably already know to avoid anything made by David Cage, but um, if you liked Fahrenheit and if you liked... I'd say mostly if you liked Fahrenheit, uh, go for this one. I, uh, yeah. yeah. The improvements, are, well, last thing I'm going to mention is something that I forgot to mention. There's a, there is one improvement I felt to it. Uh, it is very quick time event based, but most of it is, for, its, for the most part, it's a bit more subtle. Like, say when you're in a fight, instead of just like giving a big X button on the screen, like, hit X now, it would be, it's mostly on the directional pad, or on the, uh, sorry, on the 
the analog stick. Right. Um, so it, she's in a fight. She suddenly starts throwing a punch, and it goes into slow motion. You then need to press the correct direction on the analog stick. So whether that be pressing in the direction she's punching to make sure that the punch lands, or someone swinging a punch at you, picking the right direction to kind of dodge roll or to, to block or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It, it felt a bit more, a bit better to watch because you didn't have them all flashing up. Yeah. But it kind of shot itself in the foot because any time anyone like kind of grabbed you by the throat or anything like that, there would be a big X button would flash up on the screen then. And I'm like, right, I see what you've done there. You've managed to take away the the kind of button press gestures on the screen and you've, you've kind of you've, you've tried to make it look more cinematic but really I think they had to find they should have found a way to kind of take away all of them then if they were going to go for that yeah Do you know? yeah. but yeah that's I think I've talked enough about that um, quickly I played Unfinished Swan that's one of the two kind of arcade titles or I don't is it called arcade what's it called on there it just PlayStation Network yeah. title, whatever. Yeah, I got, I got, I got the unfinished one, and I was quite surprised with that game. I really enjoyed it. Um, anyone who's played this, this is the one where you go the little guy's mum's died. She's the only thing he's got left to remember her by is this unfinished swan picture, like a picture of a swan where its neck hasn't been filled in for some reason. I don't know why she didn't draw the whole neck, but uh, he wakes up in the middle of the night. The swan's gone missing but there's a little door appeared in his room that he's never seen before, and he goes into this little magical land to try and follow the swan that went missing from the painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get, you've get you got a paintbrush with you, but from my point of view, it felt like you had a little paintball gun, and you're kind of walking about the room. Everything is white at first. You can't see anything. like You can't tell where the floor is, where the ceiling is, until you start firing paint, and you start filling in the room round about you. That's what I've seen in the demo at Eurogamer. Once you get to the second world, though, it takes it away from that and starts changing it up a bit. So the second world is more around, you can see everything, but the you're in a little city that part of the story is it's been overgrown by vines, uh, taking over the place, and you've got like a little water can or whatever it is, and when you fire the water down, it encourages the vines to grow where you fired the water. And you can then use the vines to climb about the place and stuff. So that was fun as well. Um, and again, there's not really much else to say about it. It's, it didn't let up. It didn't become boring. Uh, they were always adding in different little puzzle elements. I think the the last world, the world adds in the the ability to create blocks with your paint gun somehow. I don't know how that works, but it does. And you can then use them to climb about the place. So you're navigating complete massive 3D environments where you need to create the platforms to, to jump onto it. That, that was very fun. And interestingly, the last level is also the end credits, <laughs> which I thought was quite cool as well. But get playing that if you've got a PlayStation. I really recommend it. And the last thing I want to talk about is, <clears throat> coming away from the PlayStation, I also picked up The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 2. Anyone been playing this? No. So no one's into The Walking Dead. We, I am, but I am waiting until all five of them are out and then playing them in one go. Right, okay. Again, I'm not going to talk too much because, again, it's one of those things where it's mostly about the story of The Walking Dead. I've already talked about the kind of change to the gameplay and stuff in the last time I spoke about it, but what I will say is the problem I'm finding with this new Walking Dead series is none of the episodes stand out anymore. Uh, when you played Walking Dead Season 1, each episode had its own little individual story. And I think 
if, if you can, if, if you've played it, did you play it, Terry? Uh, no, I haven't played no. the first season. No. I have it, but... <coughs> Would you not agree that everyone was its own little drama and had its own kind of point to it kind of thing, so they're all kind of memorable each episode? I would say that the first two kind of were relatively self-contained when you got to know the characters, but they were, I mean, they were individual story beats, but I kind of felt like it was all building into one whole for the last three episodes. You could pick yeah, individual okay. strands for each one, but it felt a lot more holistic for the last three than the first two. Yeah, but each one moved on to a different place kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It was like a different, uh, different scenery. So I suppose you did in this one as well. I just I feel as if <clears throat> the first and second episode of this are both in their own right kind of unplayable. Not, not unplayable, un- unmemorable. But is that uh, is that because they're taking it as a... A full five part, we're going to tell a story over five parts, yes. as opposed to individualising each episode to its own thing. Yes, and I am now glad about that. I wasn't sure of it in the first episode, but this is what I, I was kind of getting to, is um, if anyone reads the Walking Dead comics, or even watches the TV show, uh, you've already had in the TV show and the comics, you've had the governor bad guy, mm. and in the comics you've also got this new guy, uh, Negan, who's the bad guy, but it's like you've kind of Walking Dead style to have like a proper bad guy for like a good series arc, do you know what I mean? And they're def- they're doing that in this one. Uh, so this one introduces, and I'm not I'm not going to talk about them too much, but this one introduces the new bad guy for the series, and clearly this five series arc is going to be about facing off against him. And I'm very excited about where they're going with it because I'm I'm really happy to see another decent Walking Dead bad guy that isn't this crappy governor from the TV show that. Was completely terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm I'm still concerned with the length of the episodes as well. Uh, I've done this one in less than two hours this time, uh, which is I know they weren't particularly long before, but I do, they used to be a kind of all night thing. I would, they would come out on the Wednesday night when I was finished work, and I would be playing them. I'd come back and I'd play them, and I would have to, I'd be turning them off at like say ten o'clock at night. Uh, but that would be including like, pausing and. Like doing other things in between, but yeah, they would last me a good, a good like three, maybe three and a half hours at the most. Do you know what I mean? But this one was definitely under two hours, and again, there's there's less scope to kind of stop and just go about and get used to the characters and have the optional conversations. Everything seems to be, every conversation seems to be that needs to happen. Like even to the point where there was like one particular point where you're in a house, there's a group of characters, you can go about and talk to them but there wasn't conversation trees from it. You would just talk to them and they would say one thing to you and then that would be it. So, I, I don't know. I was, I'm quite disappointed at the length of them, but I'm excited to see where it's going. I suppose that leads to just... And we'll probably come into it later in regards to do you feel you got value for the money you spent on the episode? Yes. But it's not as much value as it did for the first series. But I, I feel as if the first series was... More than value for money. Um, 400 point, uh, points an episode was... When I mean, you think about it, that's 2,000 points for the full series. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's How much is that in real money? I don't know, probably charging about 11, 12 pounds for the season pass for season two, I'm guessing, at this point. Yeah, plus the plus the three pounds. So you're talking about 16 pounds maybe at the most for it. And yeah, the five of them together is probably more than uh, worth the 16 pounds still even though they're a lot shorter. Because the, the content you are getting is thrilling, and 
fun and do you know what I mean? It's it's well worth it. But yeah, I just can't help feeling a little bit stung by the fact that it seems to be at least sixty um, percent the length of the first season. I I would be interested to see if you went back and played the first season again because I'm guessing you haven't replayed it. You have, yeah. okay. Twice I played it. I played it to the. I played it as a good guy and a bad guy kind of thing. And uh, when, when when was the last time you played it? Uh, I played it running up to the. In fact, sorry, I played it three times. I played it once a good guy, once a bad guy. Then I accidentally deleted all my files <laughs> when I switched hard drives, and I had to frantically play it. Think uh, for the first episode of this, which ended up being massively delayed anyway. So yeah, I played for it three times, including the DLC. Okay. And and very recently as well. So what were you going to ask? No, 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 I was just, I was one, the reason I was asking is because sometimes if you haven't played something for a very long time, you have a kind of perception in your head about how long you thought it was. So if you had not played the first season for, you know, about a year, I was wondering if it was a case of maybe you were thinking that, I'm sure this used to be longer than it was, but obviously it's, that's not the case. No, definitely not. Uh, but anyway, that's what I've been playing, and I just know something... This week I said I was going to try and cut short how long we're talking, and I've been talking for quite a while. And I apologise, fellas. That was a lot of stuff to get through. Um, yeah, so who wants to go next? Terry, do you want to tell us what you've been playing? for? Playing? No, I've got no time to tell you now. Yeah, no. you do. On you go, man. That was... So I... Only, well, I've played a couple of big titles, and the first time I'm going to talk about um, is not one of those. Um, it is a game called Steamworld Dig. Um, this is a title that I believe originated on the 3DS, um, and it's just come out recently on PlayStation Vita and PS3, I believe. I think it's crossed by. Anyway, so you play as this little, imagine a world where you play as this little robot guy in this robot western, and you are kind of Dig Dug style. Imagine Dig Dug on a 2D plane and cross between Minecraft and the fact that you have to go mining and collect resources and upgrade items and all this, that and the other and kind of find out this mystery of this. your, your uncle's died and he's left you this miners uh, to you and you're trying to find out why. Um, and the further you dig down, you know, you're getting better resources, you're, you know, you're, you're building up your weapons and unlocking new items in these little challenge rooms and stuff like that, uh, trying to unravel as to why you've been given um, the, the deed to these mines. And it's a, it's a little fun game. Um, if you like Minecraft a lot and collecting resources and just the one more brick, one more brick. You're not exactly building anything. Uh, you're just going mining, so you're just kind yeah. of wasting time. But it, it's a little fun game, and they've got it on at the moment. If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, they've got a 15, 20% discount um, at the moment, so you can pick it up for just over a fiver. Um, and I've been playing it for probably about five, six hours, and I'm still... Is that on going. PS3 then, as well? I think it's cross-buy. Uh, don't hold me to that one. Um... I think it's worth a play before I give away the, the PlayStation. I would give it a go, yeah, for, for the price, I would give it a go, uh, if you can find it. It's a, it's a decent little game. Um, it's got its own artistic, cartoony uh, style, which I really appreciate, and what? there are enemies in there. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, what I would say is also on Steam, I would actually just wait until it comes onto a Steam sale for 75% off and get it then. Yeah. 
Right, okay, so it's on Steam as well. Okay, then, yeah. So if you can play it on a, a bigger screen, whether it be on Steam or PlayStation, I'd definitely give it a go. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent, fun little game. Um, but I've spent probably Friday, yeah, a little bit of yesterday, and, and mainly today playing it. Um, and like I say, I think I'm getting closer towards the end, but I've had, for a fiver, I've had a decent amount of time out of it, and it's been pretty good. I've I've had fun with it. Um Let's see, what else have I been playing? Um, it's a game called Titanfall. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, came out on Xbox One, which no one's heard of. Um, yeah, Titanfall is is absolutely amazing. Right, so we're doing this now then. We're doing Titanfall. We're doing t- brace yourselves. Um, <laughs> brace yourself, we're doing Titanfall. Um, right, so Titanfall. What's, what's Titanfall? What's that, what is that about? It's a game. Um, imagine a world... I do that often. Imagine a world. Imagine a world. Imagine a world. <laughs> um, you play as. Do you like that? You play as a pilot, and you can fight against this other group of people. And imagine that you can, once every so often, call a big, massive mech in this world known as a Titan, and you can shoot the shit out of people. Hmm, I can imagine that. How how does that sound to you? Uh, that sounds like shut up and take my money. There you go, you see. Yeah, <laughs> but that is Titanfall. Um, yeah, Titanfall. It's it's made by Respawn, the people that revolutionised Call of Duty. We all know that story. Um, as with Titanfall, like the it's one silly thing, but being able to jump, the 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 movement speed and the you know being able to traverse these buildings and it just adds a new depth of gameplay uh, from just your standard military shooters where you're just kind of running around and doing all this stuff. You know, you can find that you're running along walls, parkour style, you know, a la another EA title, Mirror's Edge. A la? A la. There you go, you see. Let's keep religion out of this. Not with that type of podcast. I don't know, you preach uh, the heavens for a titan and one comes down, you never know. Yeah, who's you got to find? There you go, you see. (laughs) Moving swiftly on, um, surprisingly, I got a go of this just today. Uh, obviously, I played this with yourself, Terry, at Eurogamer. We spoke about this. Yeah. Uh, I have been chomping at the bit to get a go on this game, and I was passing by my local game. I was in a rush to actually meet someone, funnily enough, <laughs> and I was only popping in to grab an extra stylus for my 3DS because I'd lost mine, and I seen that the guy was standing the. The, with his little Xbox One outfit on and he was standing by a Titanfall booth no one was playing it and I jumped on and wow what a, what a game <laughs> I don't tend to like multiplayer kind of deathmatchy type things I like a bit of co-op now and then mm-hmm. but I tend to like single player experiences and stuff like that but I enjoyed this I think I think I would com- I would definitely come back to this now and again you played it as well, eh, Derek? Oh yeah, I've been caning it. I'm just, I'm just about to hit level fifty, which is a level cap. Um, oh. <laughs> no, Craziness. there are. There's just so much good stuff. The leveling is the best I've ever witnessed so far, just because it's always giving you something. You're always completing challenges pretty much in every single match. The, the yeah. feeling that you are getting something every single time you play. It's such a nice reinforcement loop. It's 
pretty special in that regard. Kind of, kind of the exact opposite of Halo, where you can play about 19 <laughs> matches before you get up <laughs> yeah. one, lot, one level, and all you get to do is buy one of the guns that are just a variant on one you've already got. So that's the thing. I think it's, it's really <laughs> aggressive in the way that it levels you up. It does it very quickly, but it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel as if they're doing it incorrectly. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing quite like calling a Titan only to see it falling on an enemy Titan and instantly killing them. Um, yeah. that is, wow, that's the thing. That, is, oh, that, is oh, oh, that, ne- that never gets old, man. Trust me, it never gets old. Um, and there's something quite fun about parkouring, wall running, and then falling onto somebody and drop kicking them at the same time. Yeah. Again, you, that, and I think never gets I think old. that's that's one of Titanfall's strengths is the fact that it makes you feel badass in whatever you're doing. Um, like like Willie, I don't play a lot of multiplayer shooters or any multiplayer games but with this being multiplayer focused just going on there and just like I just jump kick and just get you just fucking break your neck shoot you guys from a distance take you know control of a hard point run on do the next thing drop a titan you know pull a pilot out of a titan and throw him across the map you know that sort of stuff and it's yeah. very fluid and it is really satisfying I mean, you're, yeah you're always someone pointed it out quite nicely, which is you're always a superhero. And the best yeah. thing about being in a Titan is it basically makes me think of in Pacific Rift every single time. Mm. Every single um, uh, I always think Rift, but every single time a Titan comes down and I jump in a Titan I keep thinking, yes, I just want a big ship to pick up and start smacking people with at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to bring this up. This is the, the elephant in the room, eh? Was the, um, the 6v6 thing. Uh, do you guys feel that's an issue? No, it's perfectly balanced. And I, if they changed any part of it just now in terms of the balance, I think it would be half the game it is. I think that would make it a lot more... I think that would make that a lot less enjoyable, to be fair. I mean, if you think about it this way, you know, with when you're able to call Titans down, you don't have to, you know, be in the Titan. There is the auto-Titan mode, so you can have it defending a point, or you can have it following you throughout the map. So, in effect, if everyone... Like the Iron Giant running about behind you, yeah. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> so, if you could, you know, if you have those on the ground as well, it does become very hectic, because not only have you got to deal with the, the pilots, you've also got to deal with these Titans, whether people be in them or not, so that can be challenging. And... I think they've done it really well where they've balanced it. You know, if you're facing off against a Titan, you don't feel like you're outmatched because these things can easily be destroyed. Um, you always carry, like, an anti-Titan weapon, whether that be a rocket launcher or, you know, a grenade launcher or something along those lines to to try and take these Titans out, and they've yeah. balanced that just I mean, right. I mean, the best thing is, no matter what you're doing in that game, you're always contributing to something. Even if you're killing mm. the grunts or the specters, which are the... AI-controlled bots, effectively, on the map, they still yeah. count towards points and all apart from one game mode, I think. Um, or, and even if they don't count towards the points, any time that you kill one of them, it decreases the amount of time it takes for your Titan to spawn onto the map. Mm-hmm. So it's always giving you a reason to not just go after the pilots. Yeah. So they, I mean, they are an important part of the whole ecosystem of that. Yeah. And you've, got the, you've kind of got your challenges as well where you can do certain things uh, throughout either just the match or like throughout a bunch of matches and a load of them are like kill like a thousand grunts but you get something at the end of it, uh, whether that be like a new scope or, you know, like 
an extended magazine or something along those lines, but you're always getting something for doing something in that game. Um, you, you're highly rewarded for what you do, and it, it does make you feel like you need to play one more match just to see what you've you've got next. And that comes into the burn cards as well, um, where you've got the, the three that you can play during a match, and it can give you like different perks. Like One of my favourite ones was um, you had unlimited... Um, unlimited cloak but you still had the pilot's ability that you could use um, whether that be like fast sprint or something like that so you could be like fast sprinting around the map and cloak the entire time um, trying to give you like different things you know like oh there's the the audio ping that lets you mm-hmm. once every so often see people through walls whether that just be the skeleton something like that so you kind of get a rough idea of what you're seeing but that adds new elements to the gameplay as well which some of them are fun, some of them aren't, but you know, it's it gives you that variety, you know, depending on how you play. See, I like the grunts, um, mostly as I said because I'm not good at these games, especially not straight off the bat. But the grunts at least made me feel like I was good at it. Mm-hmm. The, th- the flip <laughs> side of that is when you get killed by one, and you think, shit, I just got killed by like the 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 worst thing on this yeah. fucking map. You got killed by the cloud, is what's basically happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as I say, I only got a short match because uh, I had issues today where the, the Xbox got accidentally switched off while I was halfway through a match, and it was only one match. But I did get a chance to get one one go in a Titan, and I felt absolutely badass in that thing. I, must, I got so many kills in it, and I got to go toe-to-toe with another Titan. I had the one that, you know, the one that collects all the bullets up? Mm-hmm. But, in the air and then you get to fling them back at them and then I flung a rocket silo and then I was punching the other titan in the face oh, yeah. I, I will say as well if you are if you do get in a titan where you're just having a kind of punching fight with another titan and you win it's, it's also quite fun to just rip both their arms off and see the guy smash the arm on the head of the opp- opposing titan it's just <laughs> tremendously good fun <laughs> yeah, it's the graphic nature of like punching through and like, killing the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really massively enjoyed this game, and I'm quite—I'm not worried, but um, I think it might end up taking over from Halo as being my only kind of multiplayer shooter that I play. Mm. Um, I'll still go for the single player. I'll still play the play the the, the co-op, but I can see this a massive uh, improvement of it because Halo is probably the the closest thing to it, and the thing that kind of makes you feel more badass because of the things that you can do in it and stuff like that. But this this just ramps it up mm. like by three hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all in. Titanfall, give me it. <laughs> it's the first game that I've bought that I think that I've bought the season pass for. Um, so I'm looking forward to more content. Um, see what they've got, what more stuff they've got to throw at us. Give us monsters to punch. There is one level where you've kind not monsters, but there are like pterodactyl type monsters flying about the map. Um, I think they end up picking up things. Do you get to punch them in the face? You get to shoot them down. I've done that on a few occasions. (laughs) I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. I just randomly thought, oh, there's this thing perched on this cliff. Sod it, I'll shoot it. And then I got points for it. It's like just shooting a grunt. RSPCA warning inbound. We're going to have uh, one of them little Peter games out again, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, be, don't be cruel to pterodactyls. That's the one. So, have you been playing anything else, mate? Yeah, I have uh, played more, but I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Right. 
Okay, though, then what about Derek? What have you been playing, mate? Okay, I'm going to make this nice and quick because the other stuff I've been playing is pretty bobbins, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found it quite interesting anyway. I'll start off with Armia 2-3, The Devil's Cartel, where I basically... As far as I can see, eliminate... Army of 23? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically why I eliminate the whole of Mexico, from what I understand. Um, <laughs> it, it is basically the Jimmy Bruckheimer of video games, where, again, it's, well, it's two new people. It's not the same two people as before, because, obviously, if you're in a mask, you can tell the difference. Either way, um, this time you are taking a, I think it is a private contract in Mexico to protect somebody who gets unfortunately kidnapped by the cartel. So the only thing to do is to, as I said, basically destroy Mexico to get them back. It is a bombastic, stupid game where everything explodes all of the time. To the point that there's a meter that builds up by doing combination moves between you and your partner that gives you, once it's filled up and activated, exploding bullets. That if you shoot them into a car, the car explodes. If you shoot them into the enemy, the enemy literally explodes. I I have not really quite (laughs) figured out what the point of this game is. And from a purely mechanical aspect, it's probably just above average. But when a game can put me into an environment below a church, which for for some reason is filled entirely with exploding barrels... (laughs) <laughs> and basically it's just... That's where I, I keep my explosive barrels. Yeah. <laughs> basically, you just go in there and it's, it's, it's as if the environment is sitting there just saying, yeah, I just want you to explode everything. I don't, I've put yeah. five enemies around this thing just because they like standing next to explosive barrels. As I said, yes. it, it is big, it's pretty stupid, it's pretty dumb, but considering a lot of the other stuff that I've been playing, like... Um, I said we'll, we'll come on to later on, which is quite serious and quite stealthy. It's kind of nice just to have something that I can literally just switch the brain off and go pop, pop, pop. Oh, that exploded. That was funny. And move on. Yeah. So that's the big question then. Is it fun at least? I'm getting enjoyment out of it, but then I, I'm going into it with a very specific mindset of I'm not expecting it to be brilliant. I just want to switch the brain off, shoot a few mm. things, see things explode, hear a bunch of really stupid, bizarre comments, and, as I said, effectively eliminate Mexicans. Because that seems to be the only thing that you do. Uh, I don't think there's anybody going to be left in Mexico by the time I finish this game. Right. See, the question is, um, have you tried it on co-op? No, because I don't think anyone else would have the stupidity to buy it apart from me. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, me and you are in the middle of playing something in co-op right now, so there's probably enough on the plate for that, but... Uh, I definitely felt I played the first one I never played this, I never got around to playing the second one but I played the first one with my mate and we played the whole thing in co-op and yeah it was the same that the story was dumb the characters were cliched and ridiculous do you know what I mean but the the, the game seemed to be tailor made for two player for yeah. two player co-op and I don't know if this one's the this same this one they've actually made quite a significant attempt to make it more co-op friendly the Recognize, they give you bonuses for flanking and surprising and using one of the guys as bait. So, I mean, they're definitely... It's more arcadey, but in the same way, they're definitely trying to give you reasons to play it cooperatively. But yeah. it's definitely as if the developers have also sat down and gone, this is really a little bit stupid, so let's at least embrace the fact that it's quite stupid and yeah. kind of run with it. Which, I, I give them some credit for that. As I said... 
from all mechanical and um, uh, reviewer type viewpoints, you'd come out and say it's only just above average. But I'm having yeah. a lot of fun simply because, well, hey, that exploded and he went flying in the air. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to give it a go, but again, I'd like to play it in co-op. Uh, I, it's, it almost smells as if it's something that could appear on that PS Plus or Games for Gold type promotion within about a year, to be honest. It's, it won't have sold a huge amount of money. It will go into Electronic Arts' library of stuff, and, yeah. and no doubt it will be chundered out on one of those um, platforms at some point. Well, let's hope. So, uh, anything else for you? Um, the only thing I'll quickly mention is Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for that thing that is known as a Wii U for all those things, all those people. I was going to say drop- Tropical Freeze, and we talked about an ice lolly here. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I think that joke's been done to death on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is basically more Donkey Kong, if anyone remembers the Donkey Kong Returns from a couple of years ago, both on the Wii and recently on the 3DS. Right. It's basi- I don't, because I've never really been interested in Donkey Kong. It's, well, basically, it's the same sort of thing. It's a left-to-right side-scrolling platformer with tons and tons of secret areas and collectibles within the level. It looks spectacularly good, to be honest. Um, uh, once again, say what you like about the Wii U. If it's given the right hands, it can create things that look really quite spectacular. Um, it plays nicely so far. The platforming is good and they're a little bit more lenient than they were in the first Donkey Kong, which really quite like to kick you in the arse on multiple occasions for no good reason. But generally, it is just another very fun, very enjoyable Nintendo platformer. Not quite as good as Super Mario World, um, but certainly better than a lot of other efforts are out there. Yeah, fair enough. But, um as I say, I don't think I'll ever get round to playing this one. I've never been a big fan of the Donkey Kong series. I like my Nintendo games, but I don't know why. That's just one that's never sat well with me. I don't think Donkey Kong's got the same charm for me. Well, I mean, that's... I think as well it's got quite a bad reputation for being a really, really difficult game. But yeah. this this hasn't been too bad so far. I mean, I entirely appreciate I could be singing a different tune in a couple of weeks, but right now, I'm quite enjoying it. Fair enough, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to say about that. But no, I think I think I'm probably the only person within the group that's playing it, so there's not. I don't think there's a huge amount of. the only person that's got a Wii U. No, no. At least no one of the person has got a Wii no, U. No, I mean in the, I mean in this group. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you at least know one other person who's got a Wii U. <laughs> that says a lot, maybe. Oh, yeah. But that's not what I was getting at. It was meaning none of us have it. So, yeah. Uh, what else then, mate? You want to move well, on to your big, your big, the big tamale? The big one that I think Terry's also been playing as well is the Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Basically, stealth, stealth them up. Um, do one. Yes. So... If we if we move all the controversy stuff aside for the moment and let's just concentrate on the game, um, basic premise is that Solid Snake or actually I don't know what kind of snake no. this one is. It's this big, is boss, big boss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's big boss. Yeah, um, is carrying out a rescue mission on a island just off the coast of Cuba, if I remember from the introduction. Um, he's basically rescuing two people. And you then have to take them 
to a landing zone to get picked up and it's you trying to be stealthy or if you don't want to be stealthy you don't have to be and finding out where they are, going to rescue them, getting out there and to be honest that's really about it. Oh, right, okay, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. So, with Ground Zeroes, I mean, you could kind of start seeing this. I'm not going to do a history lesson of Metal Gear games with you. We all know that Metal Gear was not... Kind of the shift, the tonal shift between Resident Evil 3 and 4, where Resident Evil 4 went third-person action game. This is kind of like... Metal Gear's next evolution into not what just the action game is, but the stealth genre. So, with this you can acquire intel, so you can scan enemies with your three binoculars, and for the entire time on, you know, when you're going around, you'll see the marker, you'll see how many meters away from them you are, and you can tag vehicles, and you can, you know, so you can know where they are on the map, so if you're kind of sneaking around, you know, you don't get kind of unexpected, oh, this dude just saw me out of nowhere. Well, well, well you, you see, this is interesting bit, because Metal Gear Solid, I think at least two, and I think three, mm-hmm. both had a mini map that showed you where they were facing in their cone of vision. Three, three didn't. Three didn't. Three, three I can't remember if three did or not. Because it was this, it was the uh, Soliton ra- radar. That was I the one. Yeah. That you have that um, that could show you where everyone was. That was ba- facing. Yeah, that was based. On, the Soliton radar was one and two. Three had the little like. Um, it had like the little radar ping, and you could see that once every so often. Yeah. Either that, or you could see what direction the noise was coming from, so you could kind of get a rough yeah. idea. Whereas this one, you can put a marker above the head to see where they are, but you didn't. You don't necessarily know which way they're facing, so you can still have that element of I know where they are. Mm-hmm. But it, to be honest, again, it really depends how you want to play it. it, it to give Konami the credit, the whole thing supports a vast array of ways that you want to take on the mission. There is no one prescribed route. You've got lots of different options on how you do this. Yeah. And 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 the, with this, it's you know, it's like for example, you know, when you do get caught, you've got the exclamation mark pops above the head. And um, now, unlike other Metal Gear games, this then slows that time down for about what about five six seconds um, to allow you to take out the enemy so if you do take them out within that set time um, that's that cancels the the alert status either that or if it goes the other way and you don't manage to take them out then they alert the entire base and they pretty much all come and hunt you down um, which uh, can be pretty fun at times I mean the first time I played it I did it like super stealthy like kind of do this, kind of sneak through here, take these guys out, do this. And, you know, that was pretty fun. Played on hard and got caught pretty much immediately and then just shot my way through the entire game. And that was also pretty fun because... So it kind of stands up as a shooter as well, does it? I Personally, yeah, I think it does. Um, you know, the, the arsenal, arsenal that you're given and you can, you know, acquire their weapons and, and that, you know, on site and... Yeah, I, th- I think it stands up as a pretty good shooter as yeah. well. It's very diverse in the way that it allows you to take on these situ- these set situations. And the level itself, even though they do class it as an open world, it is in the sense that 
with Metal Gear, you've got to remember that that was very corridor set path. You could go back to various sections, but it was a very linear path. This is like, this is this decent, it's a pretty decent size area, this camp. And you can approach it however you want and do it and however you want. And, you know, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but, you know, you've got the main Grand Zeroes mission, but then you've got a bunch of other side missions as well. Yeah. That you can, it is kind of broken up. It's not within that same playthrough. So once you need to finish it and then access the extra missions? I mean, you can get right? you can get the side missions whenever you want. It's just that Ground Zeroes is obviously the, the first mission to give you. Um, but it does have these other side missions as well. And you've got, you can play it on both normal and hard mode. I heard that there's some form of uh, European extreme mode, uh, which has <laughs> popped up in kind of some of the other Metal Gear games, which is uh, now an impossible. The interesting thing as well that I quite enjoyed is you can interrogate each of the guards so you can capture oh. them and then interrogate them for information and they'll start to point out things on the map. Yeah. Because I interrogated one and they told me about an armory. An armory which has a nice rocket launcher situated within it, oddly. Um, so Perfect for stealth. Yeah, exactly. But that, that, to be fair, that is what the, that is the nice thing about this, is that it allows you to do what you want to do. For example, you can... I didn't know that if you shot a tranquilizer dart into the guard's heads, it instantly knocked them out. Mm-hmm. Shoot it yeah, in the body, yeah, it doesn't. It it take it, 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, so you can, when you do get caught, I was initially using the machine gun that you got given as standard at the start of the mission. Yeah. But now I'm moving on to wanting to move the pistol and just try and shoot them in the head when they see me. Yeah. And there's there's also another section where it looks like there's a delivery truck that goes into the facility. And I really Do you have to hide the cardboard box to sneak in it. There's no not cardboard boxes. Way. No. There's no cardboard boxes. <sighs> it's not I'm a Metal Gear game. Yeah. I'm not. Did it at least say? Oh, what was that noise? Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. No. They don't. They, 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 I tell you one thing. They're freaking keen in this one. Like, they can be, like, halfway across the map and notice that you're there. And I just thought, like, compared to, like, other Metal Gear games, you've pretty much got to be, like, stood two foot in front of them for them to notice you. Yeah. Kind of like real life things. That's the one. Yeah, exactly. You know, know, these these genetically altered super soldiers that you were going against in the first one that couldn't see you from five metres away? Yeah, exactly. You know, but with this one, it's like, you know, you can... I can see a guy, you know, quite a ways down the the map, and then all of a sudden it just like you see that like this little um, bar across the screen, uh, this little white bar that indicates as to kind of what direction they've spotted you from, and then they'll kind of shine a torch in your general direction and be like, if you kind of hang around there a little bit longer, they'll come towards you and like investigate the area. Otherwise, if you kind of skulk away really quickly, they tend to ignore you, and that can get you to like some pretty messed up situations where yeah. you just get shot and killed. I mean, the question is, did it, did it have that, um, the Metal Gear Solid charm to it that we've had in the other ones? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely been modernised. You can see there's specific instances and influences from um, Splinter Cell that have come in, from the mm-hmm. marking to the indication of where you've been seen from. It's, yeah. it's a lot more serious in its tone than Metal Gear's so ever no, been before. nothing ridiculous in there yet. Well, you've you've got a man that's got a man that's called Skullface, 
So it still has it still has its Metal Gear isms, for want of a better phrase. But yeah. the overall tone feels a lot more serious than it has done before. They uh, they are going with, with the there is a big tonal shift with the game. It does have that Metal Gear bleh, it does have that Metal Gear feel to it. Um, but yeah, Derek's right in the fact that the, the tonal shift it has gone very serious. But that's the whole thing about the Phantom Pain is that it is going to be this super serious, super edgy, um, by all accounts, very controversial topics. Uh, and I mean, in this one, like Metal Gear is known for its cutscenes, and there are, I would be generous and say, two cutscenes. Um, like big cutscenes in this entire thing. Um, Aww. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, that end cutscene is pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what it is, um, but you know, I, it shows it has shown little glimpses of it in trailers. But when you see the full scale of what has happened, it's pretty interesting setup to the to the the Phantom Pain, and it it is a a bite sized morsel to this big massive game but what it is is I'm not complaining do, do we want to just get straight into the, the yeah no, well, I'll, I'll, let's, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room let's say uh, well, I should announce then we're going to move now on to the uh, want and do not want section So, yes, let's talk about this then, that we're now hearing reports that Metal Gear, well, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes has now been speedrun, ran in ten minutes. Six minutes is the newest one. Six Six minutes is the new one, yeah. Right, so let's talk about that. So, unless you're actually purposely running through this game, like, to try and literally just do the speedrun of, of this game, there is a lot more to it than just, gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this, done. You know, you can take your time, you can approach these situations, and a lot of the speedruns is all about the Ground Zero's mission. They're not taking into account, the, you know, as silly as it sounds, the difficulties. They're not taking into account the side missions um, of the game, and... I mean, I finished it while playing through as serious as I could. I think it was 52 minutes, I think I clocked in at. And I didn't feel like I'd overstayed my welcome. I didn't feel like it wasn't long enough. You know, what I had to do was pretty action-packed as it was. Um, and, yeah, I, I I don't see what the big deal about it is. You know, it, it's a discounted game. And, you know, like we was alluding to earlier with the whole Walking Dead thing, you know, for the price you are paying for the amount of time you're getting out of it, it's not down to the time that you're spending with it. It's the content delivery and the are you having fun with this, yes or no. For me personally, I've got out of it and more what I wanted um, with that game. And I'm probably going to go back to it. You know, it does warrant multiple playthroughs. Um, not just of the main mission, but the side missions as well. And I, I've, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Now, not to point any fingers, Mr. Foxhounder, <laughs> <coughs> in your nickname, but could 
some of that possibly be because of the fact that you're a big fan of Metal Gear Solid, though? Possible. I right. think... The, the, I want to move on to this. What, what, what people are saying is this is basically um, an overpriced game demo, right? Uh, I want to I talk about that first, because I don't... I don't know how true that is, because the idea is this is different content in it that won't be in the next game. Well, see, this is the thing. If I would only class it as a demo if there was no canon involved. Mm-hmm. If it was just something that said, here's the mechanics in an area, but it bears no relation to any the game coming up or any of the games before. But yeah. there is canon within the game. Yeah. So, so I, if, we take away the, if we take away the price... It's it's more like a prologue than a demo. Yes, and that's what they uh, that's what they that's what they say it is on the box. If I remember rightly, I think there's something on the back of the box that says this is a prologue to the Phantom Pain. Yeah, the I mean, like we've already had this before. The biggest thing you mentioned, obviously, would be the Dead Rising case zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dead Rising two. Well, yeah. Again, not taking price into consideration, but the idea was it's a whole section of the game where it only, even though it was only about two and a half hours, maybe that you didn't get when you bought Dead Rising Two. It was very yeah. much the follow-up to it, and that's yeah. what this is. Am I right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. 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 So then, have you? Done, but what? So we can basically establish this isn't a demo. No. 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 It is in the way that it shows you what the game is, but it's not because it's a different game. It's like it's it's different content. And then, if anything, it's kind of like DLC before you buy the game. I know it's not downloaded, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a chunk of extra content that you get before you get the actual game. Yeah, this is, this so, is like the whole... This feels like it... You know, the, this is literally a time between Peace Walker and, and Phantom Pain. You don't necessarily need to play this one. You could probably go straight into Phantom Pain. Um, you know, most likely they'll, they'll probably reference what's happened in Ground Zeroes in a way and wait for that inevitable special edition where they chuck Ground Zeroes in as a part of it, you know, to, to go along with it anyway, but... Yeah. So, so I guess, as I said, we can debunk the fact that it's a demo, but what the biggest question is, is, is there a... Are they justified at charging the price that they have for it? Um, well, the way I put it to anybody is, Gone Home came out on PC last year, was not necessarily an overly interactive experience, was a very good experience, but wasn't maybe overly interactive... And they charged, I think, either fourteen or fifteen ninety nine on launch, and it maybe took you about an hour and twenty minutes to go from beginning to end. And there's not really a huge amount of replayability. Once you've seen the story, you, you've seen the story. That's it. That's all there is. Whereas this could take you around about the same amount of time for one playthrough, and you've done nine percent of the disc. Yeah. Plus, you've yeah. then got a whole load of special missions. From a, from a price comparison side point. I don't understand it simply because PC games, as far as I'm aware, have charged this sort of price, well, maybe slightly lower, because the RRP is £30, but you can easily get for between, what, 16 to 20 some on, online these days? Yeah. And the PC games have come out with that sort of price point and had much less running time. So I, well, that, that genuinely kind of baffles me because... There's a lot of game there if you want it. It's just you don't just take the one thing that it advertises and say, well, that's the only thing it advertises. Therefore, that's all I'm basing it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, the, I think you are right with that, and I think the main reason that it's like, oh, it's Konami, it's, it's Kojima Productions, they've done these big massive titles, and now they're doing this, and they're comparing it to like previous games, whereas Gone Home is, is more of a, an indie title, it's the, was it the studio's first game that they'd done? So it's like, oh, you know, this little indie treat and blah, 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 and then you get, you know, Metal Gear coming out, and it's like, oh, it's only an hour long yet. You know, these 700-hour epics where you've got, like, three-hour cutscenes, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, yeah. you know, you get the idea. But I think that's the that's what people can't understand is just because they're not looking at a monetary value. They're looking at compared to previous games, but fail to realise it, like you said before, this has been said many times. This is a prelude to... Phantom Pain. Yeah. Not only that, though, but, it, you know, the reason that Kojima said that he was releasing Grand Zeroes is because Phantom Pain is taking a hell of a lot longer than they thought it was going to be, or, you know, it's going to be a lot further down the pipeline. I mean, Japan only just got the PlayStation 4s last month. This month? Yeah. Last month? Uh, February, so, I think. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah. So he wanted to... He said that he wanted... You know, there would be to be enough PlayStations, you know, in the households before we release Phantom Pain. Um, you know, the original idea was not to release this, and this was literally going to be the first part of Phantom Pain, and this would just be the one game. Um, but people have to look forward to, you know, if they play this, you know, you've got Phantom Pain probably, if what I've heard, you know, beginning of next year. Uh, or, you know, mm. the first half of next year supposedly so you know they've already said that that game is 200 times larger than this one so yeah you've yeah. got your you've got your big massive game there if you want to see what is going to be then by all means get ground zeros knowing that it is a lot shorter than what the other games are now to be, I will say in people's defense it is not extremely obvious that it is a prologue if you look at the box if you look at the back of the box and read it, then yes. But if you look at the front, all you see yeah. is Metal Gear Solid Five. So I think for people that are not necessarily as much in the know as mm. people that listen to the podcast and ourselves, all you see is yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five. So from the, I can understand from that viewpoint, if you're a consumer yeah. that is going in and doesn't necessarily keep up with the latest news and just sees, oh, Metal Gear's out. I remember playing that when I was younger and then taking mm. it home. I can understand where there's a question of possible how they've advertised it. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I mean, this was originally supposed to be a download-only title, and then I think they kind of got pressured into, no, we should release this on disc. Um, uh, yeah, I think that has caused a l- some confusion. I can understand why you're saying it on that one. Sure. What I would say is then, to wrap it up, what, but we can say that it's definitely not a demo. Uh, it's possibly could have done with being a little bit cheaper maybe, but it's not unreasonably priced, because it's not, it's not priced the same as a, a, an Xbox One game, is it? So no, I mean, let's be honest here, if you got it early enough it was about 16, and if you wait a couple of weeks it's got to be second hand. Yeah, I'd, I'd there's going to be a lot of second hand copies on the shelves within yeah, a month. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As short as it is for like the people who do just kind of play through the game for the the main story, yeah, I'd imagine this is going to get traded in more than most other games. So, yeah, yeah do you know what? Wait a couple of months, get it cheap. Mm. But yeah, it's. I mean, as I said, it could probably do. It could have done with being a little bit cheaper, like sta- the standard price for it. But it's not unreasonable and. 
I would say do not want all the the moaning about it really. Yeah. And do want the game. <laughs> but then you've got it already, you don't need to say that. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? I've got it twice, yeah. so yes, I, I do. Do, do not want the do not want the rubbish around want, it. Though. I don't want the bullshit. I understand where it. I say bullshit. I understand the controversy, um, but no, I don't want it. I, I I don't want any of the bullshit, but I do want clearer communication. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds fair. So let's move on to the next one, and it's that uh, sad news that. Irrational Games is closed. Mm. Ken Levine has wound down Irrational Games and has taken a core group of about 15 people from that to set up a new studio with the emphasis, I believe, on, again, kind of engaging storytelling within interactive media, basically. Yeah, as, as I say, it's always quite sad when uh, big game studios close down and stuff, people losing their jobs and whatnot, but... Yeah, um, maybe we'll see something good coming out of this new studio. What do you think? They've said they're going to specifically focus on smaller games, am I right? Yes, yeah, that's his, his plan is to focus on smaller titles. I think, to be honest, there's a good chance that he just got a little bit sick of the cycle. He's having done the original Bioshock and then having pretty much moved, or created irrational games and moved to Bioshock Infinite. I can understand that after that sort of process, it may be a part of him that just wants to do something a lot more confined. And a lot more direct and um, in, uh, kind of in contact with the people that he's trying to create a game for. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't there a turnaround? Did he say it was a turnaround of seven years between was it Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite? Yeah, it was, I think it was something like that. It was a large amount of time. It must be tiring. I mean, you can kind of understand. I mean, the guy's not in the the, the prime of his life, he's he's wanting to kind of do these shorter run games, but he he tells good stories. I mean, I enjoyed Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Loved Bioshock Infinite. I loved both of them, but yeah, I loved Bioshock Infinite. Mm. So, what what do you think this means for the Bioshock series then? I, as far as I'm aware, Take Two, sorry, Two K, still own it. So they've they've shown before that they're quite happy to give it to a different team. I can see it happening again. Can you see it getting? Can you see an oversaturation of Bioshock yeah. coming? That's what I'm worried about more than anything, is that we're going to start getting them churned out now, rather than um, more focused, taking a while to actually put some time into the game. We're going to just start seeing loads of sequels now. I'll be honest, I actually think it's going to take a little bit of a break, simply because people are so... I, so. I think people are so aware of Ken Levine's involvement. To announce a new Bioshock in the near future would just make everybody remember that he's not doing it. Yeah. Um, as I say, I hope we don't get the oversaturation of it because I, I love the series, but I think the games we've had are enough so far. I could wait a while before another one. I'd like, I'd like the next one to be thought out a lot more than it could be. Um, but yeah, as I say, sad to hear about any kind of studios shut down, and I would say definitely do not want with that. I think that's probably unanimous, eh? Yeah. In a, in a, it's not closed down completely. I mean, I'll be interested to see what they pull out next. But yeah, for the fact that the there are people that have been laid off, yeah. um, is it, I do not want that part because anyone losing the job is shitty. Um, but I'll be interested to see what Irrational does next. Yeah. I will say, I, I always do want people to be able to follow what they want to do. I'd much rather that if Ken Levine... I'd much rather Ken Levine was still in games and doing this 
than maybe doing still doing irrational but not enjoying himself and therefore not putting all of himself into what into the actual title he's creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So will we cheer ourselves up? We can try. Right. What what about this news? Someone has actually got a million achievements on Xbox. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> tell you what, that, that, that's a man with a goal Fair play to him, I think it took him about 8 years to do it But he had a goal, he has reached that goal And now it must be so very annoying to not play to get an achievement Because you don't want it to look odd at the end of that 1 million <laughs> figure <laughs> yeah. It makes me wonder what his room smells like Because it can't smell very nice Because he must have just been sat there the entire time Just for like the past 8 years, just festering in his own... Something or other, just trying to achieve that that one millionth uh, game of skill. Yeah, but can you imagine you're sitting there and you're nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five, and you're just going, I just need, I just need something that's got five points. I don't want this one. It's ten points. I'm just looking for a five <laughs> point achievement somewhere. I would have yeah. liked to have seen one. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all had like seven point achievements. Yeah, and in the end of a game of score, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, he must have sat there at the end, kind of the last run of this, just going right. I need to figure out exactly how I'm going to do this so I don't exceed one million. And look at the girl. Ah, what do I go for? What do I go for? Adventure time. Jeez. Ah, <laughs> Bobby Horse adventure. Aye. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what's what's your magic number, guys? Okay. Oh, roughly. Asking. I don't want. I think it's just a, a decimal point or anything. I think you know I mean? mine's just above forty thousand. I, I mine's is just above ninety-seven thousand. Ah, oh, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> mine's is just above eighty thousand. <laughs> I myself is on eighty thousand. <laughs> Which means I, this is why I don't really I can't mock the man because I'm sitting here going yeah and I've got ninety seven thousand how hip am I? What does he um, do now? What What do you think he does next? Does he retire trophies. and move on? <laughs> next. No, I think he's probably. T- I think he's taking a holiday, um, if I remember rightly. But I, I, me, he might actually just be able to, all them achievement points. He may just be able to actually <laughs> enjoy his games now as opposed to working towards a goal. As far as I know Microsoft gave him something like a lifetime gold membership for it as well. So, you know, he's got he's got something for it, albeit that something is for Microsoft to say to him keep playing on our Xbox. <laughs> Just the two million points, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I would say do not want because I don't really care about achievements. I think I've said this before. I do have the 80,000, but I don't really... Uh, everything's just basically as I get it, and I never go back to play for achievements. Uh, personally, and it, probably for another time this, but I think achievements have done a lot negative to gaming. Proof is what I say. Yeah, maybe it depends on how you play, but I do, I do think people are very willing to sit and play games that they don't like for long periods of time, like not enjoying yourself just to get some extra points on your thing. Well. Um, and I think that is massively doing gaming wrong, and I have to think, a million gamer score over eight years, how many times has he sat through games that he's hated just to get that? Well, as I, as I said, it's a discussion for another time, but all I would say to that is yeah. nobody is forcing anybody to play a game they do not want to play. Yeah. You're right, you're, you are right, mate, but as, as I say, it's just it's just that idea. I, for me, games games are fun. Do you know what I mean? And if I'm sitting playing a game I don't like just to get a badge for it, do you know what I mean? I, f- I feel as if I'm playing it wrong. So, from, from my opinion, it's do not want. 
Do you want a moin achievements, guys? Mm, uh, I'm happy with where I am with my modest forty thousand. Um, no, yeah, I, I agree in some respect that I don't go out to play these games for the achievements. Uh, it's kind of fun to be rewarded once every so often, but I'm not going to get to a point of where I'm going to obsess over it and play all these really shitty games just to just to build my score up a little bit more. Um, I, I, I'm going down the line of saying I do want a record of my achievements in most respects. If I yes. if I have got I mean, to a game like if I do Halo on Legendary by myself, I I, I like that achievement to be sitting there so that I can look at it every now and again and say, "Dear God, why on earth was I that mental?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. That it's more the kind of the point system that kind of gets me, I'd rather just have, because some of them aren't even achievements, are they? Do you know what I mean? Play the first chapter of a game on any difficulty setting to get 30 points. That's It's not an achievement, is it? Getting through the first chapter, the second chapter. Would I don't know, man. to be trophies? What? <laughs> <laughs> but even that, that like, through playing that, the trophies on that can be very much the same. Do you know what I mean? You're getting a trophy. I'm just saying. I'd rather have, I don't mind having, I'd like, like for instance, again, I've, I'm going to beat this old horse, but um, on Final Fantasy VII, uh, I don't do a lot of these big things, but I remember on Final Fantasy VII, I, I beat the secret bosses on that, you know, the emerald weapon and the ruby weapon. I remember playing that game for well over a year's campaign just to get to that point. I'm not talking from beat, I'm talking about after beating the game. I must have still played it for a year, trying to figure out strategies, level up enough, getting the right combination. And I would love to have something somewhere. Like to show, look, I did do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I don't care about all the other mindless points that you get for just playing through the game. Yeah. Uh, so that that's where I think achievements have lost it for me. Because like, if you're sitting, um, and I'm not, I'm not going to point any fingers to um, John Salmon, who's been on here before. Uh, I'm not going to. He's uh, sat and played like Rockstar table tennis. Over the course of a whole Hey, 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 hey. Rockstar Table Tennis is a good game. He wasn't having fun with it. I was talking to him at a party while I was playing it. He wasn't having fun. And really, who is he impressing by showing one of them individual cheat achievements (laughs) off to? (laughs) And that's what I mean. It's a thousand points for nothing, really. Uh, I like like having the little symbols to say, look, I did this and I did that. I like that individually as as a thing, but it's the point system that kind of gets me, and I think that's going to ruin games a little bit for me, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, I banged on about that a bit too much, and yeah, maybe we could have a, a little uh, discussion about that one day on the pod. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting yeah. chat. Yeah, I think, we, I think we can have that conversation. Maybe get John on, because I know he's a bit of an achievement junkie, so get him to come and give, it, give us his side of it. But, um, yeah, do, do not want achievements at all. Uh, but well done to the guy for doing it. I'm not going to take that away from him. It must have been a massive campaign for him. And a, a bit of a payoff at the end, at least, as well. Yeah. So, fair enough. Fair play. Uh, right. We have had, surprise, surprise, the announcement of a new Assassin's Creed game. Say what? <laughs> Who the fuck can uh, I, know, I, I I was sitting here, and I was so amazed that the yearly update was going to come out on another year. I almost uh, collapsed. Hang on a minute. There, there might be... There, we might have two Assassin's Creed games coming. I know, two entirely <laughs> different ones. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we've got uh, a, a bi-yearly franchise. <laughs> so let me, get the, let me get this straight. These big companies will want to cash in as much as possible by giving yeah. you two different experiences on two different platforms. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, right, fair enough. I mean, to, to get serious about it, I, I, there's no secret that I'm a fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise, right? I can see, for people who aren't the biggest of fans of it, I can see how it is, um, you know, milking the cash cow quite a bit. But at the same time, the people who are actually making the game, I don't believe that that's what's in their head, because there's always a level of quality that goes with the Assassin's Creed games. They don't feel... Yeah, the combat can feel very similar in the, the mechanics. They do tend to add some extra things into each one and make, try to make them a bit different, but it's a heavily story-based game. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite like your Metal Gear Solid as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where uh, a large focus on that is the whole mystery and like you're always getting a new character to explore their life, do you know what I mean? And whatever exploits they're getting up to. I love, I love the kind of mild history lesson you get, whether no matter how fictional it is, uh, it always inspires me to go and check about that era. And I, I get a little bit smarter for playing Assassin's Creed, if I'm honest with you. And I, I, although I loved Black Flag, and I probably would go as far as to say it's probably the best in the series now uh, after playing it so much, it's not. Strictly speaking, entirely an Assassin's Creed game, is it? I haven't, well, I mean, I haven't played it yet, unfortunately. Alright, well it's not strictly speaking, I mean you don't go, strictly speaking, go an Assassin in it for a start. It's kind of came away from the Assassin part of it. Not in a bad way, it was very fun being a pirate, you still had the exact same mechanics in it, but I'd like very much to see it go back to the whole Assassin's Templar story. Uh, and I think, yeah... I think there's a bit of worry now that obviously this one's not going to have pirate ships in it. It's set in, uh, in France. Well, yeah, I, I mean, to, I will say that it's quite nice that at least they're not going to kind of hobble the one that they're planning for PC, Xbox One, and PS4 by trying to shoehorn it onto the older platforms. The fact that they have gone two distinct routes. Yeah, I suppose that's important. Makes, that's yeah, important they've, they've, that, that what it looks, well, we haven't had confirmation on the second rumoured one. We have had confirmation of the first one, but not the second one. But if the second one is confirmed, I like the fact that they're at least making two dedicated experiences for two different machines. I know a lot of people may come up and say that they're just trying to get more money out of us. No doubt that is part of it anyway. But then in that case, you could bring both out for both, and then that's slightly more money for them anyway. Well, I mean, they did that whole... Um, they did the PS Vita version. Is it Liberations? Yes. Yeah. And that came, yeah. that just came as a HD download recently, so... They don't stay exclusive yeah. for too long. Yeah, no, I don't think... I think what I'm, I'm more meaning is they're at least crafting something that will work on the platform they're aiming for much better than a port either way. Because if yeah. you make it for the 360 and PS3, you're going to port, you're going to just port it upwards, but it'll still be bound by the restrictions. Whereas at least, yeah, well, at least this time they're going to make something that fits for both of the machines, which should hopefully make them both better products. And fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but yeah, for me, as I say, I'm massively do want. Um, upon the, the the story of as I said of Assassin's Creed 4 doesn't have a lot in terms of progressing the actual Assassin's Creed the Assassin side of the story the Assassin Templar kind of key uh, storyline to it but there is a lot in Assassin's Creed 4 if you go if you take the time to go and hack all the computers in the office there's a lot buried in it in fact there was one of that that was where the speculation came from that it might be in France because there's a lot about that in it do you know what I mean mm-hmm. um and, as, it, well, as I say, there's an email in it that basically tells that 
uh, Abstergo, the company that's basically the Templars, have discovered that um, there's a assassin's hideout in France, and they need to find out where this hideout is. So I'd imagine that's what this, this story's going to revolve around, is the Templars sending someone into the Animus to try and figure out, like, through looking through the, the past events, uh, find this hidden assassin's base to try and storm it, do you know what I mean? So... I like that, that that definitely clearly points to the fact that it's getting back to the original storyline, at least, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. It's probably the most bankable franchise in the world yeah. that is released yearly after Call of Duty at this point, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I say, as long as they keep they keep it fun, uh, both, as I say, I know it's only drips and little bits at a time but as long as they keep improving it and as long as they keep it interesting then yeah I'm in for all of them so far and as I say a massive do want for me and I take it since you guys didn't bother with Black Flag I'd imagine it's a nah for you guys yeah just shrugging the shoulders from me do not care kind of well no no I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to both of them it's just a the reason I haven't played any of the more recent ones is because I haven't played the first one yet, and I kind of want to go through them in order because I'm a little. Yeah, which is a pity because the first one's so dated. A little bit mental, but hey, as I may, I may set myself that challenge this year. Who knows? Yeah, as I said, uh, I can understand the idea of wanting to start from the beginning, especially because Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood particularly links back to the first game, like. Although it's a sequel to Ezio's story, it very much finishes off Altair's as well, and you would definitely benefit from having played the first one in that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, as I said, in terms of gameplay, the first one is very, very old and clunky at this point. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a current-gen game, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as I say, do one. The, the last thing I'm going to say is, if... Anyone remembers a while back we did an interview with Jennifer from Nyam Nyam Games about Tengami, and it is now available on the App Store, so I would advise people to get that. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm going to try and get it played for the next episode, and I'll, I'll probably be having to talk about that then, so um, now's your chance to know what the hell I'm talking about. It's quite interesting looking. It kind of plays a bit like... Uh, Looks a bit like it plays like sword and sorcery, that type of thing. But it revolves revolves around it's it's like you're kind of like you're in a pop up book. Uh, so a lot of the puzzles involve, involve like pulling the, the kind of little paper tabs and stuff like that. Uh, I've only really seen a trailer for it, and if anyone's interested, you can always listen to the the old episode. It's quite a bit back, but it's still in the it's still in there somewhere. So yeah, if you look back through our old episodes, you can you'll probably be able to find the interview if you want more information. And yeah, just get it. it's three pound on the App Store right now. It's, it's only for iPad though. It's not on phone. I think looking at the game, I don't think it would work on a, a tiny screen anyway. So it's it's probably not made for that. But I believe it is scheduled to eventually come out on the Wii U as well. Well, so that means the one person on this pod that has it can buy it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, everybody get into that. I'll probably I should be talking about that next week or next episode. And yeah, that's us. So do want that. And that's the news. And do not sorry. And that is a want and do not want section. Can I mention one thing really quickly? Just no. (laughs) Of course you can, mate. On you go. Did anybody see that trailer for the new Batman? 
Yes. Can we talk about this, please? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to talk about it anyway. That trailer looked fucking it. awesome. Um, it, it, it looked spectacular. I'm so, yeah, I'm doing one all over that game. Um, I mean, to be fair, it is a trailer. Do you know what I mean? It was all... It, it is. Was all cut but, I mean, lot, the, yeah. the information coming out about it is five times larger than Arkham City, and you get to try the motherfucking Batmobile and all that sort of I'm stuff. I'm not sure that was the Batmobile. It was. No. The... the uh, the Pagani Batmobile, as I've been called. That's it. the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's the Batmobile. The, that's the one. Yeah. As I say, it, it does have a kind of fairly Zonda-esque look to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, let, but let's be honest here. The previous Batmobile, some of them had a fairly phallic symbolic meaning on them. They didn't stop <laughs> it before, did they? Even with a head on the front of it. So <laughs> exactly! <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it does look incredibly cool, and... I am excited for it. Who's, who's the bad guy in it? It's a mixture. It's Penguin and... It's Scarecrow's the main villain, but it's... Oh, okay. Everyone else is coming together. It's Penguin, Two-Face, Harley Quinn, all that sort of stuff. It, follow on, it follows on directly. I think it's one year... Did I even feel that uh, Hush might be making an appearance? Possible, because there was that... They did allude... Spoilers for Arkham City. Uh, they did allude to the fact that he's going to be the, the next villain. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be involved somehow, but... Uh, yeah, Scarecrow's your main one, Two-Face, Penguin, Harley Quinn, they're all kind of banding together. Uh, it's set a year after Arkham City as well, so I'm really looking forward to that game. I like that it can't be like a proper Batman story, they can't just have like, one bad guy. Yeah. It's always going to have yeah. to be, they all decided to team up against Batman so we can have loads of bosses. Yeah. Oh, as, if they do it better than what they did with Origins, but yeah. It's, I would still argue that Origins isn't a bad game. I think Rocksteady do it better, and I think they're gonna definitely they're gonna show the chops on this one. I mean, it, like I said, this is a current gen title. This is your PS4, Xbox One, none of your Namby Pamby 360 and PS3 owners don't get it. But you know they'll probably end up doing a part later on down the line. But uh, they're saying that what they need to do is on these these current gen hardware. So yeah. I just wanted to mention that really quickly. Yeah, yeah I, I do want. I think the only thing, only thing I would say is, I just hope they don't do any Joker MacGuffin in there. That's all. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, but he's dead. No, wait, what? <laughs> I was trying. To, I was trying to avoid that by using the word MacGuffin, but fair enough. I did say spoiler alert, so no, <laughs> I might leave a little bit more. I might leave like a, an extra second gap yeah. when I'm doing the edit. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did well, I'm pretty sure most people that are gonna have played um, City by this point, haven't they? So, mm-hmm. um, but so uh, he might he might be. Not showing up. I I really hope he's going to show up. Uh, no, that I think that would that would uh, that would utterly undermine anything else you try and do. Is if suddenly he popped up as if surprise. I don't think. I think with the way that the the powerful ending of City, I don't think they would do that just to ruin their yeah. own game. I yeah. think it would seem like a, a extremely cheap cop out at this point. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's so many overhanging things. Is the Azrael thing. Um, from City, there was the Scarecrow boat where he was doing tests on that guy in the boat. There was the radio signal at the end saying that someone was coming back. No one knew who that was, but they kind of alluded to, left it open ended as to who that could have been, but it kind of all points to Scarecrow at the moment. So, yeah. But the voiceover at the beginning is him, and that's why you probably won't see many pedestrians uh, in the game, because they're all leaving. <laughs> Oh, Grand Theft Batman. There you go, you see. Um, but yeah, 
a massive do want for that game for me. And take it. You guys are in, are in, Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I've enjoyed all of them to less or more degrees, but I don't think there's been a bad Batman Arkham titles. Well, apart from Blackgate, actually. So, uh, there's been very... Yeah, but the handheld ones don't count. (laughs) You can't really add that to the... Because there's so many series you can say, yeah, they had bad handheld... That is supposed to be... We can't count. I think that is supposed to be getting... Same as Liberations, that's supposed to be getting a HD remake. Uh, uh, Yeah, and they're meant to be putting in a much better map, which God knows it needed. That map on the Vita release was horrible. I wonder if that's worth playing on the 3DS. No, Mm. wait wait until the HD ones come out, because if they do fix the map, it'll make a world of difference. Right, okay. I might do that then. But yeah, so that's that's definitely us finished now for the want and do not want section. And that's us done with the show. Any, Any final thoughts? No. You get paid for that. you fucking complaining, people? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Enjoy the games, the games, people. No. Before I go, what I will point out is, um, you will be able to hear if, if listening to both mine and Derek's voice is not enough for you on this show. Uh, you will now be able to hear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know there's oh. such a demand for it. Oh man! Um, you want to you want to see my inbox every morning? I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hear if you want to hear more of me and Derek as well, we are now involved in a new podcast called New Frontiers, and that is up at iTunes at the moment. So if you search for New Frontiers, and you will find us. We are alongside uh, Mitch. James Midgemeister Perkins from Gamebust and John Catonic Nally who was on before he who used to be on the Geekwad show as well and what the premise of the show is every couple of weeks we're going to take a recommendation from each other that everyone else has to play so but so far we've already we've got the first recommendation up which is Papers Please which was suggested by Midge mm. and everyone has to play it and in a couple of weeks' time, we'll come back, discuss it, say what we thought about it, have a little chat, um, get a bit of fan feedback if we can, and then announce the next game, yeah. which we'll come back in two weeks' time and discuss again. And th- I, I, I will be discussing the next. I, I will be recommending the next one, but which I won't spoil yet. But yeah. yeah, yeah, we should also point out that it's going to cover more than just gaming as well. We're maybe moving into yes. anime, films, all sorts mm. of different things that we think Comics. we think that we should be. Uh, Letting each other have a shot off. Yeah, this is this is the whole point. That it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not all going to be things you've not heard of because we're not that into things. <laughs> we won't be that obscure. But yeah, the whole idea is it's to try and think something, uh, come up with a suggestion that maybe not everyone's been gave a proper shot or not everyone's played kind of thing. So kind of come away from our comfort zones a little bit mm-hmm. and trying to get other people to play the kind of things you're into. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, you can listen to that at the moment. The first episode of uh, Mission Statement, if you will, is up right now, and you can listen to us talk a little bit about ourselves and about the about about the idea of the show, if you want to hear more information. But, yeah. Um, I want to make a suggestion. I think you should all read Fifty Shades of Grey and discuss that. <laughs> you can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to say we should all play Metal Gear Solid the Ground Zeroes for a minute there. 
No, well, you should do that as well. But, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that's it for this show, though. And well, not that's not it. We'll not cancel and consult. <laughs> 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 that's it. That's all, that's all you get. Oh yeah, uh, I've been on for one episode. You're already cancelling it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't. Even, we've, we've not put it out yet, Derek. And I've already had negative feedback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah <laughs> from me <laughs> saying I'm shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's it for this week's episode, and we'll be back shortly. But in the meantime, you can follow the co- the podcast, and it's at console underscore ninjas. Uh, you can send us an email, please. We like emails. But we like anything. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, you might, but... <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to send us an email instead, you can get us console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us, follow us on Facebook. Just search for Console Ninjas, you'll find us. Um, but that's it. And see everyone soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.